So hey guys, welcome back to Return of Ritual Season 2. I'm your host, Amber Winston, and I am so excited about the guests that I have with us today. I have my beautiful soul sister and dear, dear friend, Nikki Seidlitz here with me all the way from Uruguay. Yes. <laughs> so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This is oh my God. We are so, I'm so happy that this has, has lined up. Um, you know, Nikki and I have known each other since 2015. And I can remember the first time that I met Nikki. And I don't know what it was about her, but I knew that I knew her. And as we slowly kind of got to know one another, we, we had so many different like parallel, like life experiences and just things that we were attracted to and interested in. And it was later confirmed that we are, we are soul sisters. So I'm just putting that out there that um, it's such a treat to have you on here. It feels so, so great. Um, and we can talk more about how we got to know each other. But for those of you that don't know Nikki, you know, she is a feng shui expert. Uh, she has been studying feng shui for the last five years. Um, she started when she was a little girl, which I find very interesting because that's kind of how I started with dabbling in feng shui. Um, and she studied at the feng shui school, which is a gold level international feng shui school. And that's where she received her master certification. Um, she's also certified in the red ribbon professional school through the international feng shui guild, which is amazing. And then she's continued to study, um, you know, a little bit more about land clearing and, and how um, we can clear the land, we can douse, um, so she studied that with the, the architect and expert shaman Alex Stark. And then she's also uh, really, really good at helping people clear clutter, which is a huge part of feng shui. And um, she studied with Karen Kingston, who is like the guru on how we can actually clear clutter and like get, it, get rid of it for, for good, because often clutter kind of keeps coming back and back. So um, those are just a little bit of... Uh, of the certifications that Nikki has has completed. She is an absolute amazing feng shui expert and an amazing space clearer, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. So that's a little bit about Nikki. Again, Nikki, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you. Thank so, you. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, the first question I have for you is what is your astrology sign? Oh, I'm a cancer. Yes, you are. And do you relate to being a Cancer? I do, very much so. Very, um, I'm very connected to the home. So Cancers are very homey people. Um, I love being at home. I can go, you know, being at home for days without really needing to socialize. At some point, I do need to go out, you know, out of my little, <laughs> out of my little hole and go meet people. But I am a very homey person, which also really connects with why I'm so connected to feng shui and creating, you know, homes for people and helping them create a home. Um, another big thing about cancer people is that we are very sensitive. So I do, I tend to, you know, that comes out in many ways. Um, sometimes just 
maybe like watching a commercial, I remember breaking down crying one time when I watched this woman crossing the street with a little girl and the woman was like yelling at the little girl for something. Oh, the little girl stepped on her, on her shoe and it came off and the lady was really upset and she started yelling at the girl and I just started crying. <laughs> it was just one of those things that cancer people are always very sensitive and a lot of my friends um, not make fun of me, but they're always like, oh, Nikki, you know, watch out what you say because she'll start crying. <laughs> well, what a beautiful gift to be so connected to our emotions. You know, I feel like yeah. so many of us are actually disconnected from, from true emotions. So I think that's kind of a nice thing. And I am very familiar, um, you know, with cancer folks because my husband's rising is in cancer. And over time, like I, sometimes I forget that because he's a Leo rising or a Leo sun sign. So I'm always thinking about him as the Leo, but underneath that, like his underbelly is very sensitive and he's very connected to the home, which has been very interesting to kind of watch um, over the last couple of years about how he is protective and he wants to be here and he cares about who comes here. And um, so I think that's a lovely, lovely trait because the home is such a special place. And why I think this is so important to be talking about now is we're all at home. Mm -hmm. Especially this year, right? Home has become extra important. Extra important. That's where I really want to dive into understanding a little bit more about how we can support people who are listening to this that are kind of at home. Um, so the next question I have before we kind of dive into the feng shui is a little bit a little bit about you and your rituals and your ceremonies and so if you could just describe to us like what is your ideal morning or evening ritual okay perfect yeah i'll go with morning because i feel like that's such for me um really how i start my day is really important to me and i've noticed that there's a big correlation just personally maybe other people resonate with this but just the way i start my day just really kind of defines my day and so for me ideally is to wake up hopefully naturally early i don't really like to wake up on with an with an alarm or anything like i like to my body to naturally wake up and um that can be anywhere you know sometimes i feel like in the summertime and then also more um the winter is a little bit different but in the summertime when the sun rises earlier i feel like my body naturally recognizes that and i'm able to rise earlier as well so you know anywhere from 6 to 6 30 i might be already up and um i'll make myself some tea or maybe some coffee and i love um having some outdoor space where i can just go and sit and I'll do just my daily meditation that can take, you know, it, it just depends on the day, but sometimes it'll take anywhere between, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, just breathing and connecting. I'll do some breathing exercises some pranayama and just connecting with, with myself, with the land, with just higher self, just really tuning in. And then usually followed by some movement that can be some yoga or some stretching and just, um, sitting out there and then a lot of times probably 90% of the time I'll have a book that I'm reading usually some kind of development book that I'll carry with me so after doing you know my meditation and my breathing and my movement I'll grab my book grab my coffee or tea and just sit and read and take notes and usually the books have exercises so I'll take my time doing that and that'll take me anywhere from you know an hour to an hour and a half that I'm just out there in total doing that and then afterwards it's you know maybe 7 30 um, and I feel like I've already done so much, you know, I just feel so energized and then yeah, ready to start whatever the day holds for me. Mm -hmm. 
um, we're like the same person. <laughs> we have a lot of shared um, similarities. I love reading in the morning as well. And I think that's just such a beautiful way. If you have some sort of, um, you know, a, a practice of, it could be anything that just brings you joy or connects you to kind of a higher power or, and, and I love that there's a mixture of, you know, there's the meditative you know, practice. And then there's like a little bit of like moving the energy in your body through just gentle movements. For me, it's like a dog walk, you know, I'll take Rupert out. Um, and then some sort of like self-study. I think that that's a really nice practice in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me because when Nikki was reading um, an amazing book by Anaya Sophia, who's actually on oh, season two, yeah. Return of Ritual mm -hmm. podcast, um, all about womb healing. I remember us getting together for tea and coffee and you were like, doing all of the exercises in that book. You were sitting underneath the olive tree here at your mm -hmm. parents' house. And mm -hmm. Nikki was just sharing like all of these amazing um, exercises that she was learning about clearing the womb space. And I was so taken aback by what Nikki was sharing with me. I had to reach out to Anaya who wrote that book and she's now on the show. So yeah, so you have to listen into that one. Yes, I'll definitely be listening into her because I, I absolutely adore her. She's amazing. After I read Womb Wisdom, well, I shared it with you. I also shared it with my mom and my mom also started doing work with her because I know she offers things for also um, going through menopause and just, you know, like the different stages of womanhood, you know, yes. mother maiden and crone and she has just so much experience. She's amazing. Yes. And, and yeah, so I'm excited for you to interview her. That'll be amazing. Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh, yeah. I, I have a Bridget over here with her beautiful fire in the womb. She's amazing too. Oh, I love so it's bringing energy down here in Uruguay. And so I've been connecting to Bridget quite a lot because, you know, she's like the goddess of fertility and just spring and fire. So oh. you, know, you guys are going into the darker darker time of the year but we are yeah yeah and so tell us just a little bit about um your background because you are so international and so maybe just for people who are listening you know why are you living in Uruguay and you used to live in Cambodia and you've been to China and you're in San Diego for part of the year and you teach internationally so maybe just tell us a little bit about how you're such a global child <laughs> yeah uh, well, I guess, well, it goes back to, you know, just my parents not being nomads, but they've, they've always been very um, flexible as far as, you know, if they feel called to go somewhere, they will. And I guess that's something we learned um, early on, my siblings and I, because my siblings are also all spread out across the globe. And um, so, yes, I was born and raised in Ecuador, in Quito. That's where I was born. And my family is kind of a um, mixed background. My, my dad's family is German. So they're all, you know, European, German, um, Austrian. My grandma's from Austria. And uh, my mom, on the other hand, her, both of her parents are from Ecuador, but my, grandpa, my grandfather's family, you know, ancestors, two generations back, they're Italian, so also European. So very deep European roots as well. And my, my parents met in Ecuador, so that's where we were you know, born and raised. And then at the age of 10, we moved to Chile, just work things for my, my dad. Uh, my grandpa had passed away and we needed to go take care of some stuff there. And so, yeah, we moved to Chile. We lived in Chile in different parts of Chile in Santiago, then on the outskirts, and then we moved all the way down south, beautiful place called Pucón. If anyone knows of it or wants to look it up, it's amazing. Definitely mm -hmm. recommend to go there. 
And then, um, yeah, 10 years went by really fast in Chile and my, my parents decided they wanted to move to the U.S. because my mom's family had always had deep roots there as well. A lot of family had moved to the U.S. And uh, they just felt it was time to go there. Certain things happened family-wise. And so we decided to move to the U.S. So I lived another 10 years in San Diego. So it's been, you know, like these chunks of my life. And it's really interesting because when I think back to my childhood in Ecuador, I feel like I lived there my whole life. And then I think of Chile and I feel so connected to Chile. Like I lived there. I also feel like it was a whole lifetime that I was there. And then I think about the U.S. and San Diego. And it also feels like it was a lifetime that I was there. Like I could, I feel like I was born and raised there too. So it's just interesting how I've kind of forged that connection with every place I've lived in. And yeah, I feel like it's been, um, when I was growing up, it was hard because I always felt like I wanted to have been someplace and not move there because I remember having my friends who knew each other since they were babies. And I would think, oh, I wish I had that connection. But then the more, the more I look back now, I just feel so grateful because I'm able to have these really deep connections with so many different places that wouldn't have happened if I would have just stayed in one place. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's so important to be able to connect to the land no matter where you are. And so now you're down in Uruguay. Yeah, so I met my husband in San Diego and, you know, just... I did have a big, um, still have a big connection with a lot of, you know, South American people that live in San Diego. Uh, so we tend to kind of gravitate towards each other, just, you know, cultural and we all speak the same language. So um, through friends of friends, I met my husband um, and he's from Uruguay. And yeah, so we got married in San Diego. We lived there um, for about five years after, yeah, five years together, we got married, we lived there for a year, and then we had the opportunity to move to Cambodia for his work. And so again, it was really funny when he asked me, because he, yeah, he lived in Uruguay, and then he moved to the States. Those were, those are the two places that he had ever lived in. And when the opportunity of Cambodia came up, he came home and said, hey, uh, you know, one of my friends offered to, you know, start something in Cambodia, like, do you want to move there? Mind you, I kind of knew about Cambodia. I didn't know a lot. I just knew it was, you know, on the other side of the world and somewhere in Asia. And I looked at him and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, like when, when you want to go? And he's like, well, we would move there. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, why not? Like, let's just go. It'll be, you know, for a couple of years, right? He's like, yeah, like a couple of years. I'm like, okay sure why not and he to this day he says you know that if it wouldn't have been for that reaction of mine that he probably would have said no because he just had his reservations about moving across the world for you know nothing really you know nothing he didn't know what was going to happen out there and so so we did so we lived there for a year it was cut short because of uh partly because of the pandemic uh, but also because we did get a little bit tired and exhausted of living there. Um, but yeah, it was a wonderful experience. And it was our first year of marriage as well. So that was kind of cool to be like in a di completely different place, the two of us for the, you know, for our first year of marriage. Mm. Oh, it's so awesome. I love hearing your story like this because, you know, it's, it's very similar to maybe somebody who had like a military family and like moved around a lot. Um, I think that you just get exposed to so many different cultures and so many different ways of living and different home environments. And I just love that that's been kind of in your DNA and that you, you even had that beautiful response with, with Julio to be like, yeah, let's go, you know? And, and I think that's such a nice reminder for us who, for those of us who are in partnership or, you know, knowing that when your loved one kind of comes to you with some sort of um, request or like feeling of like, I need to do this, or I want to do that to just be able to be in that 
very open, positive space that you were in, like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Um, I think it's such a nice, refreshing response. And I think, you know, for so many of us, you know, in these unprecedented times, you know, it's more easy for us to contract, you know, and to want to feel safe and controlled and like tiny and not want to change anything. And so I think that that's just a nice reminder, a very refreshing reminder for us to kind of be open and soften and expand as opposed to kind of the opposite. Yeah. And it is also kind of, um, you know, like a beautiful art of balance, right? And this also ties in a little bit with feng shui, but it's just that balance, you know, for, for Hulu and I, especially this year with everything that's happened, like we've noticed how there's been these just phases of our lives, our relationship where we've been, you know, so open and so, uh, like you were saying, flexible and just trying new things. And yet this year with everything that happened, even before everything that happens, this, this feeling we got at the beginning of this year, and mind you, we had been, you know, moving around and traveling. And while we were in Cambodia, we were so close to so many places we'd always, we always wanted to visit that we, you know, we didn't hold back, we did travel quite a bit. And so we, we suddenly got this urge at the beginning of this year. Again, this was before all of this happened. Um, and we just had this urge, like we needed to settle. Like we, we wanted to have like our roots, like we were feeling called to kind of grow roots. And it was just such an interesting feeling because we had the whole year planned out with a lot of travel. I was teaching, I had five different trainings lined up all across the world. And so that was the lineup of our year. We were gonna be traveling all year. And then this happened and we were just naturally called to kind of settle and to grow roots somewhere, you know, at least for this year. So, so yeah, it's, it's, I just wanted to say how it's, you know, I feel like we all go through those phases where yes, we are called to be brave and open and flexible, but then there are also times where we're called to just stay still and grow those roots and really kind of just look at the different things in our lives and kind of, you know, just sit still for a bit. Yeah, and I think the biggest point that you're making there is is listening to your calling, right? Mm -hmm. So no matter what it is, whether it's, hey, I feel like I need to do this or I need to do that, really, really reconnecting people to that innate wisdom that they have inside of them. You know, like you got those messages at the beginning of the year, which resulted in you actually leaving Cambodia and going to Uruguay, you know, via San Diego. And so those, mm -hmm. those are some big moves and changes. And I think that's all because you know, you're both very connected to that intuition and that, 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 that inner knowing, um, mm -hmm. which I think is so important, especially now. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about how maybe ritual and ceremony has played kind of an important role in your own healing journey. Mm -hmm. So any examples of how, you know, we're all kind of on these healing paths and healing journeys and how ritual has kind of been at the center of that for you? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I feel like just being exposed, you know, like, like I already shared just so many different cultures and every culture, it's just amazing to see how every single culture has their rituals, right? So right now we're in October, there's this amazing, beautiful ritual that we do in Ecuador where um, I remember doing it as a little girl at school because it's very much part of the culture where for the Day of the Dead, um, you know, we do this usually on the 1st of November, right after, you know, Halloween or Hallow's Eve, what we would call it in the US and in Europe, but in Ecuador on the first day of November, we do these little um, like bread, um, 
like bread babies they look like, like they're little bread um, dolls. And it's just a way of like honoring life in a way. And we do this also this, this juice, so to say, it's called colada morada, but it looks like blood. So it's just really interesting that, you know, we, we have that ritual of just honoring life, honoring the dead, just honoring those cycles, right? So that's something that I remember as a little girl, I, I used to love that time of the year when we got to do that. And then obviously as a girl, as a little girl, it was just fun to be able to bake these little dolls. And then we had, you know, these cookies to eat. And then the colada morada, which was really yummy. It was made out of raspberries and blueberries and blackberries. So it was very dark, very rich, but it definitely looked like this really dense blood kind of mixture. Um, so I really remember that as maybe like probably like one of my earliest memories of, of ritual of doing something like that. And then in Chile, there's um, quite a few indigenous tribes. Um, and in the south of Chile where we lived, we have the Mapuches, which are a very amazing um, group of people. They're, they're called the warriors. So they're part of it, like probably the strongest, most resilient tribe in Chile because a lot of the tribes just like happen, like it happens in, in many countries that have been colonized, you know, they kind of get pushed away and a lot of their things taken away. And the Mapuches have always been very uh, famous for fighting back and like not, you know, not standing down. And I remember just a few years back, I went, I was in Chile visiting some friends and a friend of mine invited us to this ceremony that's done. And this is done, um, right at the like in between um the winter so the the sorry autumn so it's like an autumn festival it's it's in the fall and it's kind of the time where everyone's gathering their seeds to plant for like the next harvest so everyone's already kind of gathered their harvest and they save the best seeds of the harvest so they they save those and they bring them to the ceremony or to this ritual and it's this circle um, where everyone from all the different farms, they bring their seeds together. They all showcase them and they bring like examples of what they've grown that harvest or that year. And there's a big fire in the center. And then there's the kitchen off to the side. And so the women are cooking and the men are, you know, just preparing this whole space. And it's an exchange of all these seeds. So you bring, you know, all the, the you know, all these beautiful seeds that you have. And then they all walk in circle and I remember walking around in the circle with everyone and there's drumming of course and so they're drumming and you're walking around and there's a chant that you repeat and it's basically just blessing all the seeds and then there's an exchange there's no you know no money involved nothing there's just a trade of seeds so everyone kind of trades their seeds so that everyone can benefit from this amazing harvest that everyone had and then everyone has brought something to cook so something to give to the kitchen and the women are cooking while all of this is happening and then everyone shares a meal together and so that was a beautiful ritual but um i just yeah i just now that i think back it was just such an amazing um experience to have and this was in chile in the south of chile um and then i feel just in my daily life you know, as I was saying, just like the morning ritual and mm. uh, space clearing and having an altar space. And, you know, it can be just the simplest thing. Like right now we're staying in a rented apartment. We're only here temporarily because we will um, head back to San Diego soon. And um, I have this little table at the entrance of my house and or this apartment. And uh, the first thing I did when I came in, I put up these pictures from our wedding and I have every week I put up some flowers. And there's like little things that have come up, you know, like little, little stones that have come up because I didn't bring much down here, you know, like I didn't bring a bunch of things. And 
just naturally this little altar kind of set up, set itself up in my living room. And, you know, it's just creating that space for the two of us to hold the two of us, you know, we're here together. Um, my husband's family, they're about two hours away, but this space is really just about us. And this year is really about us like growing those roots. Mm -hmm. So that little altar just came about really naturally, you know, with the pictures of our wedding. And then every week I pick fresh flowers and they're on there and yeah. Oh, that's so pretty. Yeah, that's such a beautiful thing to do. And and I think that's a really nice segue, kind of creating the altar space at home um, into the feng shui part of kind of what you what you do. And um, and so maybe why don't we just start with because we did do um, our feng shui studies together. I want to hear your definition um, for people who don't know, like what is feng shui? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there. And there's so many definitions out there, right? <laughs> yeah. And you can do like the book definition and like what feng shui literally means. And I feel for me, like the best way to describe it, especially for people that maybe um, like kind of know about it, but don't necessarily resonate with it. Um, I feel the best way to explain it is I feel like we've all been witnesses to walking into a space and feeling like we don't want to be there. So like we walk in somewhere and we say like, oh my goodness, no, like I just, I don't feel good here. And you literally just want to run right back where you came in through. And then there's the opposite, right? Where you walk into a space and you just feel at peace. You feel at ease. I feel like a lot of times, um, maybe people have that experience when they're younger and they go, for example, to their grandparents' place. Usually that's a place of just like so much love and there's just so much history there. And a lot, well, it could be the opposite, but I feel like, you know, it could just be grandparents. For me, it was my grandparents, but there's always that, I feel every one of us has had that experience of walking in somewhere and saying, oh, oh, it feels so nice in here. It feels so good. So that basically is, that would be good feng shui, right? Like just that feeling of walking in a place or being in a space that just feels good, um, where you feel at ease, where you're not stressed, where you feel like you could sit and just relax and do whatever it is you want to do. Um, as opposed to being in a space where you feel really uncomfortable, where you're feeling stressed out, where you're feeling anxious. So, so yeah, so the work I do is pretty much that, you know, helping people create a space that feels good to them. And also that's, that's supporting them with whatever it is they want to do in life, you know, whether it be um, increasing their career or finding true love or, um, you know, any kind of um, goal that they have, you know, your home is an outward reflection of whatever's happening on inside you. So it's really interesting to see um, how homes are speaking to you and how that energy of you and your home is mixing. And you can learn so much about yourself in your own home. And you can therefore tweak a lot of things in your home to like make other things happen. So that's, it's just such a cool little cycle that happens. Yeah. It's so true. And when Nikki and I met in 2015, we met at our feng shui training. And I remember um, our teacher, Amanda Collins, kind of describing, you know, a really good way for you guys to test how you feel in your home is as soon as you walk into your front door, whatever door you enter your home through, soon as you kind of walk in, ask yourself or feel into your body, do your spirits rise or do they fall? And I thought that that was such a really great kind of barometer for when you do kind of come into your space. Because so many of us are just, you know, we're, we're 
buzzing around. We're not maybe really paying attention. You know, we're trying to keep the house clean, keep the kids on their Zoom calls, you know, distance learning or whatever it is that we, we just don't really pay attention. So I thought that that was such a great, um, again, barometer to kind of see how you're actually feeling in your home. So once you go out and then come back in, you can kind of do that little test and kind of see like, oh, is the home saying, you know, is it kind of pulling me down? And then is, therefore, is that an invitation to maybe connect with Nikki and figure out, okay, well, what are those things in my environment that might need to shift? Um, or you walk in, you're like, I feel awesome. Like, let's ramp that up. What else can I do to like keep that um, energy nice and high? Um, you also kind of touched on some other things that made me remember back. Um, so <laughs> when we were doing our training, I remember clearing clutter was a big part of what we learned, right? And, and so this is something that I know you work with with your clients and really starting to look at what are the things we've collected um, in our environments. And so Nikki, do you have any kind of examples or case studies from people that you've worked with um, who maybe have, and you know, clutter doesn't have to mean like a hoarder, right? It, it, it simply just means you've accumulated stuff and we all have and we all do. But maybe you could share a case study about somebody who you've worked with who who had some clutter or by releasing some things you know some new things came and maybe that is even you like you're in your own experience yeah well i can give you um yeah i can give you an example actually um this was uh, um i'll just keep it anonymous for now but uh this was a client uh they were yeah struggling with with letting go and I feel, you know, everyone has their reasons for holding on to things, right? And it's always, it's usually a different reason and, you know, it's just kind of, um, yeah, sometimes it's hard to figure out what the real root of that holding on is. But with this client, it was a couple, we were working together and I helped them, you know, I functionate the house, I did a space clearing and sometimes space clearings are very helpful for, helpful for clearing clutter because they kind of just help, if you do the space clearing with the intention of helping, you know, the family or the, or the couple or the person release clutter, it's like the energy in the house gets reprogrammed to that energy. So it kind of like allows to like take that veil off and be like, oh because sometimes people don't realize that they have clutter or they don't see it as clutter so just doing that space clearing with that intention of you know let's help them release clutter helps them you know take that veil off and be like oh yeah i have these things interesting so in this particular case uh this couple had uh, multiple properties and they were wanting to sell some of the properties, you know, um, internationally, and they weren't able to sell them. They, you know, just no offers were coming in, beautiful properties, but just no offers were coming in. No one wanted to buy them and people would come look at the houses, but nothing, they never sold. And so when doing, when, you know, when looking at their house, I realized that the attic was super, uh, you know, that's where they kept everything. So like all the boxes and just old things and, um, everything was in the attic. So, and you know, the, the rest of the house did have some clutter, but I just noticed that one main point was the attic. And so that's like the roof of the house, like the top, that's just so much heaviness over the house and over the people living in the house. So I suggested, you know, why don't we tackle the attic first? Like, let's, let's look at the attic. And in one of Karen Kinston's books, she talks about the attic and how it can also connect to money and, you know, just like taking the lid off and like allowing all that to flow in. So I explained that to them and it really resonated. And they said like, okay, let's do it. 
So they did. So they started clearing the clutter in the attic. They got rid of so many things. They reorganized the attic. And it was like this beautiful place where, yes, it was storage, but it was storage of things that they used. So for example, there was like the Christmas stuff and like, you know, the suitcases for when they traveled with it, which they did often. And so the attic was kind of obviously, you know, taken, a lot of things were taken out, but then it was rearranged to be more, you know, of a healthy, more storage area of space that they didn't necessarily have anywhere else in the house of things that they did actually really need. So I kid you not, this was probably a week after they had done this, they started getting offers for the house, for both of the houses that they were trying to sell. They started getting offers. And one of them turn it, turned out into like a long-term rental and the other house was sold. So yeah, it was just <laughs> one of those things where, yeah, it is. And it's, it's just, you know, nowadays there's so much evidence that shows us that everything is energy and everything is made up of energy. So, you know, the fact that we, we, we don't realize, or, you know, we need to realize that everything in our house is connected to us in a way, and it's either blocking or supporting things in our lives. So, and that's just an example of how things can work out. I think that that's such a powerful example. And you guys like, I can't stress enough the power that Nikki has when it comes to this too, because if you guys listen to my interview that I, I was on the Carrie Hummingbird Soul Nectar podcast. And in that interview, I talk about the house flood of 2017 in my life. And Nikki is the woman that I reference in that in- interview. And so those of you guys who know me, you know, a little bit more intimately totally know this story. Um, but for those of you guys who are just kind of tuning in, um, I think we have to share this because yeah. you, I mean, th- the power that you behold when you can come into a space and you can identify, like you just said in this, this example, you know, the attic, and then you work the energy and you clear the energy. And then these results that happen so, you know, instantaneously, is just a testament to, I think, the passion that you have for this work. And, and it just reinforces, you know, really the power of this work as well and how it can be so supportive for so many of us. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your experience coming to Clear My House. And a little bit of background, it, it was my childhood home that I was living in with my um, fiance. We were about to be married. Um, and we were living in Southern California at it was my parents home they were living in england and i was living there and so um of course i had been going through the feng shui training myself and i was clearing the energy in the home and doing all the things and i had two different people say um you know amber i kind of feel like a funky energy in your home and i was like how dare you i've been clearing this you know like how is that possible um and so i called nikki of course called the soul sister and i was like hey girl can you come clear my house you know maybe like a neutral person could come and and clear it. And so that's kind of a background, but I would love to hear, um, you know, from your perspective, clearing that property, how, how that went, what did you identify? And then, um, you know, maybe we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I remember, I remember that really well. It was a few years back, but I totally, I just remember that day. I remember the feelings I had and I just want to 
Um, I think it's so interesting how things turn out, right? Because I remember you had called someone else and it didn't work out, like at the last minute, remember? You had called someone else to do it and it didn't work out. And so you called me and said, hey, would you be available to come like as soon as possible? And I remember like I was, I was you know, I wanted to go, of course, I was happy to help. And so yeah, so I brought all my things. We did a sound clearing that day. We were, we were using chimes. So just, you know, sound frequency really helps kind of go in deeper, whereas sage is amazing and obviously um you know incense or sage or palo santo like that works but it's it's more temporarily whereas when you use sound you really go deep into like the layers of the walls and the furniture and everything so i remember doing that um i walking in and just remember you took you took i think you had rupert already right you guys went for a walk yeah yeah so i was there by myself and, and you didn't tell me a lot of what was going on sorry and that's because we take pets out of the house right so we yeah, advise always. pets and young children come out of the pets house and young children. always yeah. always yeah. we don't want them in that space and uh, yeah i remember it so i set up you know i set up i first set up a little altar just to kind of like honor the house honor the spirits just honor everything and set up the altar turned on the you know turn on the candles and then started doing the clearing the process and it's just basically going around the house in circles um clockwise and started with sound first and there's three different chimes so three different frequencies that i work with and just started walking through and when I do space clearings, it does, um, it's like a very, I go deep into meditation. So I'm just like really in it and just like opening, like letting the house kind of speak to me. And I remember just getting these distinct feelings of just like a lot of sadness, a lot of sorrow. Like I remember crying a lot through the clearing, like I was just crying, crying. And I feel like that's a really important, um, just like a key thing for you guys to remember. It was just like that crying, like tears water just lots of water and crying crying and at the time i do feel um i feel like it was it was recently after our training so this was definitely like you know i was still i was still getting to know myself in this work and really like understanding what it's about and how it works and um one thing that i do want to say that i've learned ever since and that was the like the big lesson that i learned from this clearing was the fact that i walked in without asking permission to do the clearing so that was one thing that i ever since i do all the time just i walk in and the first thing i do is like i talk to the home i talk to the space i talk to whatever is in there and i ask them if it's okay for me to proceed doing this because sometimes the clearing is not necessary right away sometimes there's a different ritual that needs to be done before the clearing and that's something that i've learned ever since right so but anyways, this this whole feeling of sorrow and just sadness like kept coming up while I was doing the clearing. And, you know, I did feel, you know, um, it was just like someone or something. I, I felt the distinct presence of a woman, but there was like more presences. There were multiple people that felt like that were there and that were very sad and that were crying. And um, I kept going and finished the clearing. And yes, it felt it felt at peace at some point. I did feel that there was just a lot of through me that got released just through crying. So at the end of it, I did feel that the house felt a little uplifted and peaceful. And I remember when you walked in, you said the same, like, oh, it feels peaceful. It feels really good. And so I walked away and I was like, okay, you know, it was good. You know, we released, there was a lot of releasing and there was just a lot that needed to, to, to be, you know, taken out or just released. Um, 
And then I remember it was, was it a day later or two days later? I was driving. I remember perfectly. I was in the car. I remember like the exact place on the freeway I was on when you called me and you called me freaking out and you, and you said, Nikki, um, my house flooded. My house is completely flooded. And all of a sudden, like this, I just, I had this thing in my chest and I said, oh my goodness. Like, and that's when it hit me right then and there. Like, I did not ask for permission. Like, no, they're angry. They're very angry. This is not good. And so, yeah. And so it was just, it, the fact that you told me it flooded, like I wasn't even shocked about that. Like that just made so much sense to me. I'm like, of course it's flooded. Like I was crying the whole time. Like, yeah, it's flooded. Like they're trying to say something. Like there's something that needs to be done here that, that's different. Like something needs, we need to do something. And the first person um, that I called right after I hung up, I think I told you on the phone, I said, hey, I have a friend who can help. Uh, let me call him. I'll call you right back. And so the first thing I did was call Mahish. So I called Mahish um, and a dear friend of mine who I've known for, for many years, and he's very intuitive. He does a lot of work um, in the spirit world. And um, I called him and I said, hey, this just happened. I kind of gave him an overview of what had happened. And he said, okay, yeah, there's like major things we need to do. Um, you know, there's quite a few spirits that are, that are there. Um, you know, the water is just a way for them to communicate and they're letting you know that there's something that needs to be done. And yeah, let's set up a, a meeting to really talk about this and see, you know, what exactly has to be done. And that's, you know, that's kind of like the first part of the story. And I don't know, do you want me to keep going? But that's, I feel yes. like that's the, okay. <laughs> and so um, we, I kept talking to him and he said, you know, let me, let me meditate on this. Let me, you know, just tune in a little bit more. But he says, I feel that this is, you know, just Native Americans that have been, you know, just something happened to them. They were either um, killed and they weren't buried properly and they're there. They're just, you know, kind of like roaming the grounds and water is, you know, he says, he, I think he said right then, or maybe it was after he called me, but he said, um, he said something about there being a river down from where your house was and I and I, I I like tried to remember and I couldn't remember there being a river but I remember that at the house would you know the yard ends and then it goes down and it dips into a valley and so I told him I think there is a valley but there's no river he's like no there's no river anymore but there used to be a river and that's where they were drowned and he's like it's not you know it's not okay for Native Americans to be drowned like they need a problem proper burial and the proper burial for Native Americans is through fire like it's their fire ceremony that hasn't been done and he said that needs to be done so um so he said Amber can do this let's let's set this up we'll we'll talk I'll give I'll give her a protocol of what she needs to do and it'll consist of just daily meditations and preparation um, and you can assist her and the, and the two of you can get together and do the actual fire ceremony because what you're going to have to do basically is bridge, um, you know, like bridge these souls to the light and like give them the proper burial that they didn't have. Um, and they're basically reaching out to you guys because they know that you can help them like they, they know that you're the ones to help them kind of finally have that peace. And so, and so, yeah, so that's what happened. I remember, you know, he connected with you, he gave you the protocol and you were on this very strict, like drinking orange juice in the morning and doing all these things of <laughs> meditation. And then the day of, I remember going to your house very early in the morning, it must've been like 4.30 or five in the morning. It was like dawn very early. It was very misty morning, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. There was mist and fog everywhere. 
and and yeah, and we had the fire ceremony, and you had prepared all the things that he had you know told you to prepare, and and yeah, and they all crossed through the light, and I remember just that feeling of them just going through, yeah. which was amazing. And then after that, it was it was peaceful. <laughs> yes, I, I'd love hearing your um, your recollection of the whole thing because you know, it, it was such an interesting time for me because I, I wasn't prepared to pass spirits to the light. You know, I, I didn't really, you know, I was in a very corporate job. I still am, you know, and, and that was something so kind of like out there for me at that time, but it really sent me down that whole path and to where, mm -hmm. you know, where I am now and where you are now. And I think, you know, it was just so amazing to have your presence there, Nikki, like, ugh, I just remember being at that fire ceremony and you just sitting in the seat next to me, you know, in this sisterhood of like, I'm here, I've got you. And, you know, I start crying ballistically and sobbing and like shaking. And I just remember you reaching over and putting your hand on my knee and just like holding the space, like being a space holder of this sacred container and allowing whatever needs to happen to happen in that. And I just, I just want to thank you for that because I think, you know, having strong sisters and sisterhood that we can really count on and rely on, especially now, you know, where everybody's just getting mad at each other and we're just being pitted against one another with politics and all the things going on and everybody's reacting, you know, it just is such a, a gentle reminder of really just having gratitude and honor for our sisters that we have, that we're walking, you know, this, this journey that we call life with. Um, so I just want to thank you because thank you. your space clearing and the, the, the magic that you worked that day was absolutely incredible. And it really changed the trajectory of my life. Um, even with Mahesh involved too. And so, you know, for those of you who are just listening to this, because of that experience, um, of bringing Mahesh, Nikki and myself together, we have formulated, you know, um, we're co-founders of energyandspiritclearing.com, which is the three of us bringing our unique medicine together and offering help to anybody else who's out there who, you know, something's off in their home or the energy is, is, is different or their kids aren't sleeping, they're having night terrors or, you know, there's just something not right um, you know, we have come together to really offer that as a service for people to help, to help people, um, who might be dealing with spirits in the home that aren't necessarily meant to be there. Yeah. So it was amazing. I'm so happy that you got to share your recollection of that because it was really an amazing, amazing day. Um, and I will say this, like that house now is amazing. Like it, <laughs> It got a complete renovation. The land has been blessed. The house has been blessed. And I think that's a big part of this, that once spirits are moved through to the light, um, they bless that land and they say thank you and they bless the people that live there. And, and so I just want to share that, you know, my parents who do now live half the year um, at, in that home and the other half kind of in England, you know, they've put a balcony up and they've revent, you know, renovated the whole yard and are growing oh, vegetables. I'll have to go visit when I, when I'm back in San Diego, I can't, because I haven't been back to that house. Yes, since you, you should totally yeah. come visit, like brand new kitchen. But I will say this, this is kind of really funny, Nikki. 
my dad was over yesterday helping with some house stuff here and he gets a call from my mom and guess what she says she says look mike the the washing machine is flooding in the laundry room <laughs> and so now that we're having this conversation i'm like hmm maybe we need to to tap into that and see what's going on there because it sounded to be like a somewhat of an aggressive little flood that kind of happened well, really quickly and also, uh, thank you for mentioning that, because like one thing that does come to mind, and this is just feng shui wise, like a lot of water, plumbing, anything that has to do with water in, you know, just the house does have to do with emotions, like your personal emotions. So that's also interesting because I feel like, you know, we, we did so much work blessing the land and taking care of the home and taking care of the spirits and that this has come up and especially because your parents usually live half of the year in London and now they've spent an extended extra time in San Diego, which they usually don't because usually they're in London this time of year, right? Or they're coming back maybe from London, but they're usually, they usually spend the summers in London. Right. And so just the fact that they've been there the whole year um i think that maybe there's something yeah maybe there's something more to do with your parents energies um as opposed to the house or spirit energies you are so hitting the nail on the head nikki because yes they've been there and then i mean i think everybody's energy is on high right like with what's been going on oh my goodness and unexpressed yeah, emotions. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to hear that more people are having you know maybe like issues in the house because we're spending so much time in the house right now so our energies our emotions our inner world is being reflected in the house so much more nowadays so so yes so i'm sure there's just so many things that might be going good or going bad with your house and that can all be um a reflection of something that's going on inside you emotionally either stress anxiety um, just high emotions in general that can be affecting the house. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's so true. And speaking of that, maybe we can, maybe you could share just some of your like top three tips or tricks um, with feng shui that if people are feeling really uh, called or interested in, you know, enhancing the energy in their home, like, you know, what are some of those like little tangible tips that we could share with people that, you know, are really advised against or advised that we do kind of in the home or in the kitchen or the bathroom or what are some of your tips and I can share some of mine. Yeah, so um, well, first off, you know, as as we already a little touched on, um, feng shui is most effective even if you do any kind of like actual feng shui remedies, so to say, which we can get into a little bit deeper, but um, they're just more effective in a space that's open to that. So what I mean by that is the, the clutter clearing, right? So just really, especially now that people are having so much more time in the home, uh, this doesn't mean you have to clutter clear your house in a, in a day, but just maybe going through rooms, going through a drawer at a time, um, if you want to start with a kitchen, which, which does have to do with health and um, also, you know, the abundance that comes into your house. So the kitchen, I feel like, is a very important area in the house. It's the heart of the home. So if people wanted to start with the kitchen, just kind of going drawer by drawer, to, you know, making sure that you have only the things that you really need and use, because sometimes we accumulate so many things. And let's be honest, like usually the kitchen ends up having so many things that we never really use. And so just opening up that space and um, maybe repurposing or just giving away to people that might need those things, just clearing that out will already make a really huge difference. Um, so just decluttering, like I said, decluttering will already help feel, uh, make you feel like your home is lighter, like there's like this weight lifted off your chest. And I feel that's something that a lot of people are needing right now, um, just feeling a lot lighter. So 
decluttering will help with that for sure. And then um, another thing that is very, very important is just making sure that the energy and the air in your home is fresh, especially if you're, if you're in your home a lot. So just opening the windows, and I know that this sounds very basic, and I feel like for some people it's common sense, but really like making sure that you open the windows, open the windows, open the doors, like let the fresh air in, especially nowadays where we're not coming in and out our front door as much, that's, you know, like the mouth of, of energy of your house. So just making sure that for maybe an hour a day or at least half an hour, you're opening up the front door, open up the windows, open, like let the, let the air of the house, let the house breathe, so to say, and that'll let you breathe as well. Like you will feel a difference just having that fresh boost of energy every day. Um, and then lastly, let's just talk about just practical things feng shui wise. Um, for example, having, you know, heavy furniture, big pieces of furniture, like the couch, we're spending a lot of time maybe like on our couch or on our dining room table or working at home. Um, so having those big pieces of furniture, if you have them against a wall, just moving them a little bit like off the wall. So like a few inches, just letting like visually think of like air being able to flow through everything in your house. So um, doing that with everything in the house. So any of the big furniture pieces, like maybe like your TV stand, all that, like make sure it's like a couple of inches off the wall so that you can let all that circulate. And it will, um, most of the time it makes the room feel bigger if it, even if it doesn't sound like it, but it will. And then it also just lets, you know, energy circulate. So those are, those are big things that really help. Um, and keeping the bathroom door shut just also helps a lot. Just letting that, leave that closed. Um, <laughs> and totally you don't. down, right? Totally totally down. Down. Those are just, you know, very tangible, easy things that you can do that will make a difference. Um, yeah, those are just like the easy ones to implement, I guess. I love those. Those are, those are really great tips. And as I was listening to you share those, it made me think of you know, when you are starting to go through the kitchen and you're, you know, clearing out things. And we actually just did this last week. Um, and the first thing that you can do is like throw away anything that has a chip in it, right? Like I have these bowls and like one has a little chip, you oh, know, so, right? Like any, or a glass, if it has like a little chip in it or a teacup, it has a little chip in it, yep. you know, um, you know, that's a broken item. It has, the energy is kind of, is broken, right? Um, and so, just release those things. And that's a really great starting point because I had a couple bowls with little din dings in them. And I'm like, why do I still have this? Like, I would never serve this to you if you came over, yeah. right? Or like, yeah. you would never have a and dinner party. Those are the ones that we usually end up using because uh, for some reason, those are the ones you end up using. And we're like, I'm using this and it's broken. Like, why would I use something that's broken? I wouldn't give it to someone else. So why am I using it? Yeah. Exactly. So, so that came to mind doing that, um, is an, as a great way to start is just throw away any broken items. Um, and then the other thing that came to mind when I was listening to you was just paying attention to our artwork. I think that's a really important part that we learned. Um, you know, like what is on your walls and what is being reflected to you. Um, I have one example when I was working with a client, um, it was a single client and he was, you know, trying to attract love. And when I went into his, uh, his bedroom, he had like pictures of women, like single women, like, you know, like kind of covering their breasts with their hand and like looking sultry um, up on his wall. And he had a big bed. I think he had equal nightstands, um, which is something that we look for in, in relationship that you have two 
um, bedside tables or nightstands that are of equal size with equal lamps and and that creates really that balance in the relationship but for him he, all of his artwork were like these scantily clad women like on the walls and I don't know you know I was like you have to be delicate when you talk when you talk to clients about these things but you have to just think about the potential girlfriend right or future fiance like do they want to be coming into your bedroom yeah you've got a really nice king bed and it's really comfortable but looking in the wall there's like these solo women on the wall it's just a little bit strange right and so in feng shui we would suggest uh, right like that we would put in things uh, in couples and in duality right so like an image of two people like intertwined on the wall or you know um some rose quartz crystals and like two of them and just to kind of invite that balance um that was one example so just looking at your artwork um you know what is it really saying what does it really mean to you um yeah and sometimes you know sometimes we we were um connected or we were called to a certain piece of artwork for some reason and at the time it could have you know helped us go through something or it was exactly what we needed at a point but i feel like the more time passes and we change as people obviously you know we evolve and we learn and we grow and so after a while we get used to having that artwork up and we don't we tend to not question it necessarily so just Mm -hmm. you know really turning that on and saying every once in a while just questioning yes. what yes. what you have like re-looking at it because sometimes because it's been a, up there so long it's almost like it's not even there anymore like we don't really see it anymore mm-hmm. so just really being and looking at what you have and what like you were saying like what it represents to you what does it evoke like what feelings does it bring up in you and yeah. a lot of times you'll realize that you don't resonate it with it anymore you, you just have it up there because you just got used to it or it's just been there for too yeah. long but yeah a lot of times you'll you'll say oh no this doesn't feel like me anymore like i don't really need yeah and sometimes you need the third party right like you know sometimes yeah. if you know if you were to come and look at somebody's house uh you know having that neutral eyes on things is often really helpful because you might be able to point out to somebody like Oh, but could it represent this you know and that's also really nice to have a sounding board so if, so if anyone who's yeah. listening to this feels like they could use some attention in their home you know that they are really curious about more feng shui tips and remedies that they might be able to use to kind of support their sacred space and their lifestyle um nikki how can they get in touch with you oh they can call so they can either call me or reach out through me um you know, probably email is the easiest and then we can uh, figure out that from there. But yeah, my email is chi, C-H-I, at NicoleSidelitz.com. And so they can reach out to me and I'm happy to offer a complimentary, you know, 15 minute call. And awesome. we can just go over whatever they, they want to talk about. Yeah. Perfect. So I will um, link to that in the show notes so you guys can um, fire off an email to Nikki to, to get on her calendar because even just having a quick chat about what's going on and, you know, maybe hearing some of her perspective and, and some of her remedies that that's just such an, a beautiful gift. So thank you for offering that free 15 minute consultation for people. Um, and then also if people are feeling maybe there's something else going on. So maybe there's more of an energetic or a spirit or a disharmony, like at maybe the deeper core, um, we can, we also have energyandspiritclearing.com. So that's another option too. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that since it's the three of us, um, and usually there's just, you know, a lot more conversation going on, we are offering a 30 minute, so that's a little bit longer, a 30 minute Zoom call. And it's with the three of us, so Amber, Mahesh, and I. Um, and yeah, we're offering a free uh, 30 minute session to just go over anything that's going on. We'll, we'll offer a little bit of insight of what we're seeing and feeling, and then we can just go from there and see if there's, there's something that we can help you with. Yeah, and we've we've been doing a couple of these, and one one woman, you know, her she's young boys, and they're experiencing night terrors, and um, we we've been able to kind of identify what's going on in the home, and that's been really interesting. It's very powerful when the three of us kind of pop on the phone because Mahesh can he sees spirits, and um, he's going to be on the podcast as well. And so it'll be interesting to kind of hear, you know, his perspective on things as, as well, but he can see things and Nikki and I can sense and we just, everybody brings kind of our, the unique, kind of unique gifts to those calls um, to really help you figure out what's at the root of, of your issue. So thank you for sharing the way that people can get in touch with you. Um, I guess my last question is, you know, is there anything else kind of on your heart? that you know that needs to come through any kind of wisdom that we haven't really touched upon and I feel like we could have many different episodes and talk about many different things <laughs> so many things to talk about so many things to talk about um let me think um hmm yeah I feel like the Maybe the, the biggest thing that um, I'm constantly learning and, and getting or trying to get better at and just connecting with and that has really, you know, just guided me and just because I feel that I've, I've I always strive to really just kind of, um, you know, just doing the work that I feel called to, but how to get to that work is really a matter of, you know, really working that muscle of that inner listening and like quieting down the outside and really listening to the inside. And so I feel that um, we can we can all resonate with that, right? Like we usually always, every time something happens, like we look back and say like, oh, my gut feeling was that that was gonna happen or my gut feeling was to do something that I didn't do. And so I wish I would have done my gut feeling. Um, so maybe just my invitation is, is, and, and what I've been, you know, just personally working on ever since I started on this journey is that like just working that muscle of listening to myself and not, you know, sometimes not questioning it so much and not judging it so much. Cause a lot of times it might not make sense what the message is, or it might not, you know, logically it might be something that we don't think should be happening or that we shouldn't be feeling, but it's it's you it's a hundred percent right like our gut feeling and that intuition that inner knowing is right and so so yeah so maybe just inviting people to to just start listening to themselves a little bit more and um that can be through their own practices or meditation or whatever it is that helps them sometimes people connect through you know maybe like doing art or or arts and crafts like something that kind of helps you quiet down that mind part of, of our human body um, and just connecting to that inner knowing. Because um, I feel like we all have, every single one of us has such amazing gifts to share with, with the world. And just that, what we were talking about earlier, that sense of coming together instead of, you know, going against each other. Like we all have something to share and it's, it's about, you know, kind of holding hands and helping each other up as opposed to, you know, 
bashing each other down and, and fighting against each other. So, so yeah. What a beautiful message to end on. Thank you for that. And I really, I just feel that so much with you and our relationship and, um, you know, just being able to really support one another in remembering in their own remembrance, right. As we return to ritual, um, you know, it's, it's for those of you who have lost touch with your inner knowing, you know, the invitation is that you reconnect to that. And for those of you who question, you know, the invitation is, is really to just reinstate that confidence. Um, and, and yeah, and just really living from that place. That's such a beautiful reminder. So thank you for that last bit of beautiful wisdom um, and for just your energy and sharing space and chatting about all these amazing topics I love talking about. I feel like we could continue on. So thank you, Nikki. <laughs> go on for hours <laughs> like we usually do <laughs> I know I know I'm like okay I gotta cut it off now otherwise this will go on for like three hours but maybe we'll do another one we'll, we'll have you back and we can you know really dive into some of the the advanced feng shui stuff or you know um we can we can have you back for sure so thank you so much it's been uh, a joy and you guys if you really liked this episode just leave us a comment um, below and share with your friends. And again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time.